Hello, hello. Welcome back. It's another episode of Leading Women in Tech. How are you doing, my love? I really hope that as we move into fall, that you're excited about what the end of the year is bringing you. You've got some big goals in mind and you're excited by them. If you don't, let me know. (laughs) Drop me a message on whichever platform you're on. Uh, I would love to hear because I think having those big goals is so important. You've heard me talk about that so many times on this show. But today I want to talk about one of those things that gets in the way of our big goals as leaders. One of the things that is very uncomfortable to talk about, very uncomfortable to do something about. I want to talk to you about one of the hardest things about being a leader, which is knowing when to let somebody go from your team. You are going to hit this at some point in your career. You may well already have done so, but having to make the decision to let someone go is, in my opinion, one of the toughest things we do in our career because there's that human element to it. It's definitely not an easy one, even if it doesn't get under your skin the way it does with me. And it's certainly not one to take lightly, right? Because it's people that we're talking about here. But at times, it's very, very necessary in order to move you, your team, your organization forward. The reality is that it's inevitable at some point that you will be doing this. So you will face this decision. If you don't, you are likely failing as a leader because all of us, at some point are surrounded by people who aren't just, they're just not there. You know, an individual is underperforming. Do you coach them for yet more months, hoping beyond hope that they turn around, give them the benefit of the doubt one more time for a bit longer? When do you call it time? Welcome to the Leading Women in Tech podcast, the show that celebrates women in technology leadership. I'm your host, Tony Collis. And this podcast is the result of my passion for building better tech by diversifying the leadership of the technology sector. Join me on this journey as I discuss all things leadership, what it takes to be innovative, breaking through the glass ceiling, be a great leader, and how to navigate the unique experiences we face as women in tech. So sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready to be inspired to become a better leader. Far too many of us myself included, (laughs) hold on to people for far longer than it makes sense. We look back and we think, oh, I should have done that a while ago when we actually get around to doing it. I say get around, that's not necessarily the right phrase. When we finally pluck up the courage to say, no, this is not working. We feel obliged to try and make it work. We like them as people potentially. Sometimes we don't like those people, but I think this is even harder when we really like them as people. Even if we don't like them as people, we don't want to hurt them because we're human. And we certainly don't want to put them in a situation of not being able to pay their bills, right? That just sucks. So you may have already done this in your career and those issues may be resonating with you. They should resonate. You're human, after all. We care about the lives of people around us, even if they make our life difficult. But I want to have a discussion today about when it's time to let someone go, how to handle this so you do it better next time. Or if it's your first time, you're able to handle this with as much ease and grace as is possible. It's definitely not easy if you have a heart. (laughs) I think you have to be a particular kind of human to not find this painful if you're thinking about the human in front of you. I think one of the ways people deal with this is to let go of this person being human in some way. I don't think that is a good thing for us as leaders either. Now, one thing to just recognize is earlier this year, I talked about how to handle layoffs, both as being the leader doing the layoff, which is obviously relevant to today's conversation, but also as an individual who was being laid off. So if this conversation is resonating with you, but it's a layoff situation, particularly if you are being laid off, 
All too often, layoffs are easier in terms of that high-level decision. They suck immensely. But the decision tends to be a purely financial necessity to cut costs or something else, right? It is, it's a big structural decision. Now, it might coincide with cutting poor performers, but ultimately the driver, even in a company that cynically does layoffs to get rid of poor performers, there's a, it's a cost-cutting measure. If you're going to take out your t- bottom 5, 10, 20% of staff of poor performers, it's because you don't want to be carrying them. It's a financial decision. It's not uh, this person and this person and this person. Sure, it comes down to you. If you're the one having to choose which team members to put forward for layoffs, then you've got to consider them one by one. But the decision of we're going to lay off is a financial one. So you've kind of made that initial tough call or somebody else has that's above you based purely on finances. When we're talking about what we're talking about today, and this person isn't functioning at the level you need them to, they aren't a good fit for the work, the values, the culture, or the contribution is in some way not what's needed. That is a different experience. That is saying, this is not about money, this is about this person. That's very painful for us. If you have empathy, and I hope you have empathy, empathy is such an important part of being a great leader. It's really easy to fall into the trap of, oh, but that's going to hurt and I can't do that because you're anticipating their pain and that holds you back from doing something about it. So how do you handle the mindset behind making this decision, behind needing to make the decision? Well, first, it's about finding the way to position this that makes it not about the person, but about the situation. I think one of the things to really understand is the cost of not making this decision in a timely manner. There is a financial cost, right? This person's a poor performer. They're not productive. That's a cost to the business. You're not getting the ROI, right? You're not getting what you need from that individual. But there's another cost, which is burnout that it causes your team of holding someone up who isn't cutting it. Someone who's dragging their heels. They need to be chased constantly or asked to always rework things. Team picks up the pieces or that maybe they just flat out don't deliver and everybody else is doing their work for them. This causes resentment, burnout, stress, overworking, extra hours. I've actually worked with people where letting somebody go has meant their team works less hours, which is surprising. We often think that, oh, if I let somebody go and I don't immediately replace them, that suddenly we're going to, you know, we're going to have all this extra work to do. But in this situation, it was sufficiently bad. They didn't know this until it happened, but it was sufficiently bad. The team that was left work fewer hours because they weren't having to redo so much work. It wasn't just they were doing the work that wasn't done. They were having to do other work to compensate for the damage that was being done. That's an extreme case. But I'm hoping it's giving you an insight into what you need to be thinking about here. You need to stop thinking about the individual. If you're frustrated, you know something's wrong, take a moment, pause, and ask yourself, if this wasn't a person, if it was a robot or a piece of software, what would be the benefit of not having that thing here, right? That's a painful thing to do because like using the word thing, it's like oh, dehumanizing. And we, we don't want to do that for very long. But if you can make that decision when it's not about a human, you can then bring that back in with your mindset. Bring back in the human. Yes, bring back in the human. I want you to be human. But hold those two things simultaneously. I think all too often, we just hold the human piece. We don't hear, hold the rational, logical piece. You need both things to be a great leader. So as your company evolves, you're also going to find that what your team does needs to expand, evolve. Your team needs to 
be an extension of what you're doing. So if you work anywhere for more than a couple of years, unless the company becomes irrelevant, the team and that you are working in, what they're doing needs to evolve to stay relevant. At that point, your leadership has got to evolve to stay relevant. Your team needs to evolve to stay relevant to what you need them to do. Now, if you're in a growth situation, it's even more extreme. So one of the reasons why I have so much fun working with people who want to do hyper growth is because do hyper growth, you as a leader need to up level so rapidly. And the only way to do that is to up level your team. That tends to be a mixture of up leveling the individuals, but also hiring a new talent because sometimes you have people who just, they're not ready to up level. Maybe they will be at some point in their career, but not now, not the, not the speed that you need them to. You've been hired for hyper growth, potentially in this situation. Not everybody's able to do that. That's why you were hired. Just saying, if that's you. <laughs> and so that's the extreme case. But even in a normal company, as I said, the company is going to be always evolving. What you were hired for two years ago is not the job today. And so people around you need to grow and change. And sometimes that's a classic situation where somebody who was a good fit a couple of years ago is not anymore. They have not grown with you. They have not evolved to where the team needs them to be today. So have a think about that one too. Sometimes we also make bad hires, don't get me wrong. And that's an easier decision because we tend to be less invested because they're newer. But I'm talking about the people who were really very good once upon a time, but it's just been a while since they are and there's no sign of a turnaround. So how do you know when it might be time to let someone go like this? Well, I want to have a look at some of the signs. One of the first signs is that you are giving somebody every chance to succeed. You're giving them help. You're spending time coaching them, giving them the tools, numerous one-on-one conversations with them. They may have even got a development plan with clear outcomes. If after all that, your team member is still struggling, it's time to let them go. That's the most obvious one, right? <laughs> Especially if you've got the structure of a PIP. I want you to be thinking about this well before the PIP because Quite often the pit is, oh, I need to let them go and I need to go through the proper procedure to do this. Let's give them a last chance. But I want you to be looking at, is this person somebody I should be putting on a pip or something equivalent? So another indication is how they're behaving. Someone can be a great performer, but could be resistant to change and may create unnecessary drama and toxicity for their colleagues. And these factors have long lasting negative impact on your team's culture, productivity, wellness, retention, all that stuff. They might not hold the same values as the rest of the team, such as reliability or trust and integrity. Maybe you believe that being reliable, being somebody who does what they say they do, they do is really important. And most people in your team are like that. But there's one person that everybody always has to chase for everything. Sometimes this can be resolved with open conversations, and that is absolutely the first place to start. But if it's not resolved in that way and communication is maybe shut down, they disengage, there might be time to evaluate if there's a better fit somewhere else for this person. I think a lot of the time that's actually worth really just taking a moment to think about. They're not a fit here. It doesn't mean they're not a fit. <laughs> it means that there's something else out there for them. We are in the privileged position in the world we work in where everybody is capable. Most people have some form of qualification. They finish school. Maybe they will finish college. These are clever people we work in. Like, I think we forget that the tech industry is full of clever, determined people. They got a qualification at some point, or they were determined enough to hunt down a job. They have had motivation in the past. They have been driven in the past because we all know getting a job is not trivial, right? 
So sometimes we're doing these people a favor by letting them go because it forces them to find out where they need to go next. Because right here, right now, they're not motivated anymore. I mean, that can be hard because we might know a lot of personal stuff. Maybe there's reasons why they're not motivated that is not going to go away. But don't assume that it's your job to fix that for somebody. Okay, back on track now. (laughs) So I think it's worth really recognizing that there are many external factors that may be directly relating to someone's performance. As somebody in your team is underperforming, it is really worth recognizing that might be because the skills they have right now were a great fit a year ago, but not the skills you need today. So this isn't necessarily about performance per se, it's about technical abilities. If your team's responsibilities have grown and evolved, you may may well find that what you need as a team has shifted. If a team member doesn't have those skills, they only have skills that are outdated for your team. That doesn't mean they're outdated for the rest of the human race, but for what your company needs today. And particularly if they are then reluctant to evolve. I think we always want to be looking for people when we're hiring who are growth mindset oriented and excited to learn and evolve because we're always going to be in a situation where the stuff we did two years ago is irrelevant. I think the stuff we learned six months ago is irrelevant, right? So what we're looking for is somebody who's going, yeah, I'm ready to take that on. Then that's great. Evolve them, grow them, train them. Fabulous. But if a team member is reluctant to learn those skills, then it's time to move them on. (laughs) All too often, we only think about letting people go because skill needs have changed when we're talking layoffs. And we are thinking this entire team or business unit needs to go, right? And that's a different conversation as we've already talked about. What I'm talking about is recognizing individuals and the need to let individuals go because their particular skills aren't needed or precious resources need to be channeled elsewhere to help the company survive and thrive. The key thing here is to get better at recognizing problem people earlier and not spending so much time trying to fix the situation That doesn't mean you shouldn't try and fix the situation. But I think we overdo it sometimes because our hearts get involved and we say, I'll just try one more time. I'll just give them one more benefit of the doubt. I know I struggle with letting people go. I used to really believe, and I've said this actually possibly on the podcast right at the beginning, that I think everybody is capable of being a star performer. If they were just given the right opportunity, the right training, the right coaching, all the things that just need the right support. I truly used to say that and believe it. And there is an element of me that still believes that, but maybe I've just become more pessimistic as I've got older, (laughs) but I now don't fully believe that. I think maybe I'm still naive, but I do think there's an opportunity for everybody somewhere. I just don't think necessarily that the right place is in their current company. I think sometimes it's a gift to someone. It sounds callous when you're talking about taking away their salary, but it can sometimes be a huge gift to somebody to let them go. I've been on the other side of the fence coaching women who've been fired, coaching them through that and what they want to do next. And all too often, there was a misalignment. There was a reason they were underperforming. And it's time to really look into that. What I've now learned is that I look out for whether someone is still a values fit, as well as whether they are still able to deliver what we need. And I was thinking about like the delivery is, is a really important piece. I teach in my leadership programs, uh, a, a, a two by two matrix where you have competence and confidence. Uh, and you need somebody to be both competent and confident to really be in their zone of genius. You need your team to be comprised of people who are confident and competent, 
both are so important here in every single skill you need your team to deliver on, right? Put a list of all the things you need your team to be doing and ask yourself who is competent and confident in every single, you know, in this skill. And then ask the same about this skill and this skill and this skill and this skill. If you get down the list, you've got all your team members hopefully written down there. If there's somebody not on that list, they aren't a good fit for your team. They're, they don't feel confident and highly competent in any of those essential tasks that you've just identified. If you have an open gap, right, there's, there's a gap where you've not got anybody who's confident and competent. There's an opportunity for growth there. Is the person not listed on your list at all the right person to grow into that? It's really worth taking the time to ask yourself that question. I love to use that matrix when I help people grow teams. I ask them, who, like, what skills are missing? Who in your team is not delivering? And is there an opportunity to grow them into that? Or actually, is the next hire the person that's going to do that? Okay, great. Your job description does not say they need to be superb at this. But that's what you're actually needing to hire for. You could have four job descriptions all the same because, you know, software engineers. But actually, you need four different skills. Those might come from four different people. Don't just hire same person, same person, same person. You need to make sure your entire team is complementary. That aside, I would suggest at the point where you've identified there's a gap, there's a growth opportunity for this person, suggest to them that they could investigate some training, put it on them. Say, would you like to go and see if there's some training you'd like to do? Come back to me with some suggestions. If they don't go and investigate <laughs> and they don't come back to you and be like, oh my God, this is what I need to do and here's why, that's a massive red flag to me. This person isn't ready, willing, and excited to grow into this role you need them to be stepping up into. They are not growth mindset people. That's maybe time to cut ties with them, and let them go and find their thing. If you've given them projects that you hope will help them step up, but they fail to deliver what you need, even if they believe they've completed the task. In fact, especially when they believe they completed the task and you're going, that's not what I wanted. There comes a point where you have to call it time. Yes, you should consider if you could have done something different. Is this a reflection on you? You absolutely should be considering that. Did you articulate clearly what you needed? Did you explain to them the outcome and let them own it? But there comes a point where their development is also on them and they need to take responsibility. If they don't, it's likely time to part ways. Letting somebody go always takes an emotional toll on both you and the person affected, which is often why we shy away from making these decisions in the first place. So make this one of those regular check-in moments. I like to suggest this on a quarterly basis. That isn't having a thing on your calendar on a quarterly basis that says, who am I going to fire? That's not what I'm talking about. Check in on their performance on a quarterly basis. If you have a formal structure like OKRs, there's a point for you that's flagged up to do it. Great. You don't want to make the OKRs their flag for, oh, I'm going to fire people. But this is your reminder to say, how's my team doing? Where are individuals excelling? Where is their underperformance? Where have I got skills gap? Where do I need to improve confidence and competence? Catch it early, <laughs> way before it becomes a big thing. Get these growth opportunities, coaching and mentoring members in for them ASAP, rather than waiting until you're sat there thinking, they're stagnating and I'm frustrated. Notice promptly. Then if after another quarter there is no change, have that long, hard discussion with yourself. If you are holding on to them because of your fear of the experience of letting them go, or if it's really actually the right thing for the company to let them go. I've actually also found that being the owner of my own company has made this a lot more stark for me. It doesn't make it easier, but it makes it more honest. 
So think of it this way. Ask yourself, if this was my company, my revenue, which meant my income, because remember, business owners don't get a salary. They rely on the profit to pay themselves as well as whether they can invest in future things for the business. That makes me really focused sometimes. It's like, wait, hold on. Why am I spending money on this? Uh, when I was doing it myself. But this applies to outsourcing. So if this was your company, if the team you're managing was actually your company, this is how you paid yourself. As a salary, it's very easy to disassociate ourselves from that. But there's only a salary because you're making profit, right? If this was my company, would I be hesitating? If the answer is no, then you know what you need to do. So once you've decided it's time to let them go, then what? Well, of course, you have the responsibility to handle this with confidence and empathy. You're impacting somebody's livelihood and you should have sensitivity and compassion towards this person. I'm sure you already know that. It's likely they already know. Be upfront with yourself about how you're feeling and acknowledge the why behind that feeling. All too often we have this negative emotion because we know it's going to hurt someone. But we are so bad at dealing with our emotions that we fall into this trap of not doing a great job of letting them go because our fear of that experience means that we behave in a less than ideal way. So when you let someone go, remember it's normal to feel emotions. It's normal to feel sad, angry, emotional. Maybe you have a strong bond with this person, which can make this even tougher. If you're friends, it's really tempting to delay, but delaying will have its own repercussions. It's important to deal with your emotions so you can effectively deal with the situation and then deal with the aftermath with your remaining team, because there is an aftermath. We'll come to that in a minute. Hold space for the person you're letting go. Prepare yourself to answer any questions. Listen to their anger and hurt. This isn't about you. It may sound like it's about you if they lash out. And I've heard horrific stories over the years from coaching women who've let somebody go and the backlash has been horrendous. I would like you to know that is a rare situation, <laughs> thankfully. But you know, there are horror stories out there. What I want you to know is in that situation where they where they lash out, Although it sounds like it's about you, it's not. This is them hurting. And so what you need to do, the last thing you do for them in this role is to provide a safe space for that anger. Yes, okay, if they're physically violent, get out of the room, right? Call security, whatever you need to do. I don't think that's ever happened to any of my clients, thankfully. I'm not saying it won't happen because the world's a weird place. But what we're talking about is that visceral, deep-seated pain um, some people just shut down. Certainly that's what I would do. I would just cry and shut down probably. But give space for whatever it is that comes out of that person. Acknowledge and validate their emotions. That does not mean that you validate any lashing out. That does not mean you say, oh yeah, I agree that like it's unfair. Or, I know that this, you know, like I know that you've been trying your best. And like that. You don't want to say that you in any way disagree with your decision, but you can understand that they hurt. You can say, I understand that you're angry. You're allowed to say that. I understand that you're hurt here. You're allowed to say that. Then provide support for what's available. What can they do to move forward? There might be some support from HR in this. Just make sure you go in fully equipped with all the information you need. What I really do hope for you and this person that you end up letting go, because this is going to happen at some point, my love, <laughs> is that before it comes to letting them go, You've had those impactful conversations with them. You've been coaching them. You've been doing all you can for them to succeed, but you've made a timely decision that now's the time to stop. If you've been effectively communicating with this person, it may be less of a shock to them, right? 
they may well know this has been coming. And actually, sometimes it's a relief because they're like, when is this going to happen now? It's happened. A lot of the time, performance deteriorates at the end when we do this because they know they're going to be let go. They know they're going to be fired. The writing's on the wall. So as soon as you start coaching them, mentoring them, all this, quite often performance will plummet because they focus their attention on job hunting. That's okay. That means they've actually emotionally made the decision. They're just staying around until, until they land a job. So hopefully, although this is painful and difficult, you're going to be on the same page on some level, even if they don't like it, because this is unexpected. Letting someone go on your team also requires you to have a really solid personal mindset. It needs to revolve around a deep understanding of the human impact of your choices, but also recognize that every team member, regardless of their current performance, will have aspirations. And sometimes by letting them go, you open a door for them. Yes, they need to pay the bills, but sometimes they need to be cut loose so they can find their job in their work again. They can love what they do again. They can be passionate once again. At the same time, it's worth acknowledging your responsibility as a leader to steer your team towards success, which sometimes means making tough personnel decisions, balancing empathy and accountability. It's hard. This is why you're a leader. This is why you're paid more than others, because this is part of the, this is the hard bit of the job. Most of leadership, in my experience, is honestly wonderful. Like I, I find it so easy. I love it. It's why I talk about it all day. It's why I teach it by coach leaders, it is joyous. When you lead well, everything is easier. This bit, quite frankly, sucks. (laughs) But when you learn how to do this, you know that this is a moment that sucks that's going to open up something bigger for your team. Remember, this is not a decision that is a reflection of their worth as an individual. It's not a reflection of your worth as a leader. It's about aligning skills, roles, organizational needs, Sharing this perspective with them, with the individual you're letting go, firing, it's really an empathetic way of helping them understand. Like, it's not necessarily about them. Sometimes it is, but transparency in your decision-making can be a massive impact here in terms of making a significant difference. Do not lie. (laughs) Don't make it so it sounds like it's not about their personal failure if it has been. You're doing them a disservice. They need to know. Plus, you might open up the floodgates to a legal impact there, a legal challenge in some way to your decision. Be honest. But transparency is a really good thing for this person to move forward. So while delivering this bad news is never going to be easy, there are, are things you can do to help with this process. Make sure you give that space, that feedback, hold space. Feedback actually is a huge gift. Be direct. Have that crucial conversation. Allow them to be different next time. A few other maybe obvious things to consider here is try and be quick. Once you make the decision, get on with it. In the meeting, get on with it. Do not drag your feet. If it's performance, personality issues, let them go. Just let them go. Your team probably already has been affected by those issues. Taking too long to make changes will only further create low morale. Also make sure HR is by your side. Get documentation in place. Pips if you have them. Also, make sure that you have a representative from HR attend the meeting, if that is prudent. Most organizations, most countries, that is a very good idea, not in every situation. Make sure you understand local policies. And make sure the meeting is quick and to the point. Use direct language. Don't waffle. Don't beat around the bush. Don't do the so-called shit sandwich. Good, bad, good. I've seen people do that during firing, where they do the good, bad, good. I'm like, wait, hold on. Are we, um, are we firing somebody here? Get to the point. <laughs> But still remain compassionate, empathetic, and 
stay in the room after delivering the news. Don't vanish. Stay there. If HR is then going to take over, which is often the case, they shouldn't be the ones to pick up the pieces. You are the manager. You are the leader. As a leader, stay in the room to show compassion, to answer questions and provide that person with that final ability to say goodbye. And of course, if this person is a good person, a great talent, it's just not a good fit, show support and compassion by offering to make introductions and provide a good reference. After the person you've let go leaves, you now need to talk to the rest of your team to address it. You want to do this swiftly. You do not want to wait. Be straightforward, be direct. There's no reason though to give all the information about why you're letting this person go. That should remain confidential. It's between you, HR, and that person. It's not for everybody else to know. But do what you can to keep the rumors at bay, address any concerns or questions they have. It's really important to address any concerns they have about their, the risk to their own jobs. Assure your team that their colleague was let go with cause, even though you're not going to share that cause. You want to immediately start rebuilding that trust and morale and get people focused on what you're doing together as a team. It's then time to focus on the future. Your team may have to pick up the workload of your teammate. So it's up to you as their leader to help them with that and come up with a strategy to manage a workload. Also set clear expectations, provide that ongoing feedback and support. Make sure they know that what they're doing well, that's going to help them stay motivated and recover. They are going to very briefly be in this forming phase again, where they're reforming as a team. Even if it's one person leaving, the team needs to reform around that gap. And then they need to move through storming where they learn how to work again together, norming, and then back through to performing. That might happen really quickly because it's somebody left, but they will go through that sequence. So be kind to them. Okay, that wraps up today's episode. This is such a challenging aspect of leadership, but it is one of the most important things you do. And it can happen as soon as you're a manager. I, you know, talk a lot about executive leadership and certainly this is something as an executive leader you will do. But actually, you will probably face this fairly early on in your leadership career. What I would ask if you are a little bit later on in your career is that you consider this from the perspective of, can I do this more promptly, more kindly? And can I train the managers reporting into me to do this as well? Consider it like that. Remember, if you're finding these conversations useful, please do let me know. I'd love to hear from you. I'd also love to hear any topics you would like to hear discussed on this show I love talking about all things that impact us as women in tech leaders. So do drop me a net message in the notes below this episode, whether whatever platform you're on or on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn on a daily basis. So do pop over to LinkedIn and message me. I still answer all of my DMs. So it's a lot of work these days, but always happy to hear from you wherever you are in the world. Until next time, stay on your tech leadership game. Follow your dreams because the world really does need that uniqueness that you bring as a leading woman in tech.